0: This is the non-microwave truth brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry and I am C.L. Whiteside. If this is your first time joining us today, praise the Lord. This is a podcast that is going to challenge culture's truth and perspective and do it using the Bible. In every podcast, we love to start off with our first world problem. Our first world problem is something that's not really a problem. It's just something to get you thinking. Our first world problem question today is this. You have two different choices of lives that you could possibly live. Which one are you choosing? Here's the first option. The first option is you are rich. I'm talking about filthy rich. You got about 10 kids and you are, let's say, millionaire, maybe even billionaire status. But you lose it all. And I'm comparing this to Job in the Bible and we don't necessarily know how long Job's rough patch in his life was. But we do know Job was rich. We do know he had 10 children and we do know he had like thousands of cattle, thousands of ox, thousands of of donkeys or things of that nature. And he lost it all. He lost it all. And just for the sake of this first word problem, we're going to say this is like a two to three year stretch where you are struggling and life absolutely sucks. He even had his physical health taken away. And maybe he had like boils or something on him. And you think about that. Would you want that life? But we know that Job was restored with everything that he had. And God gave him pretty much twice as much as everything he had before. But he had that two to three year stretch where he was like, God, um, where are you at? And then he has some friends come and say, you must have did something wrong and he really didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't because of that. It was it was a test or trial. So is that a life that you would want where you have your, your filthy rich? You lose everything if your family dies and they don't get resurrected. But God does give you a new family. God does give you all of the things times two. But you had that two to three year stretch where life sucks. That's option A. Or would you choose option B? And this is like comparing to the life of Joseph where he had like a 13-year stretch where he had some ups and downs. If you're not familiar with Joseph, Joseph was sold into slavery. He got imprisoned and falsely accused of rape. And then he became second in command in the most powerful country, and he saved the entire world. So which one would you choose? Which life would you choose? The life of Joseph, who was that 13-year where he, it was ups and downs, it was some good times, it was some bad times. But then he ended up being second in command. Or would you choose the life of Job where maybe it's like a two to three year stretch? We really don't know. The Bible doesn't say where life sucks. His health is deteriorating. His health is gone. His family. He loses his family. His wife says curse God and die. But he does get it all back times two for the most part. And he gets his family back as well. He had another 10 kids. Which life would you choose? The life of Joseph or the life of Job? And this is our first web problem. Remember, I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is ChampionLife23. And this is our first word problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is Life Sucks Right Now. Life Sucks Right Now. But before we get into this episode, I have to remind you, and the last episode I talked a ton about content and and having content that can strengthen your faith or have you looking at God. You definitely know that timeofgrace.org has a ton of this content, the content that we need to help us on our faith walk with Christ. It has blogs. It has written devotions. It has video devotions. It has Pastor Mike's sermons. It has other podcasts. It has blogs. Timeofgrace.org. Check it out. It's the content that you need, the content that will help you in your faith walk with Christ. Go check it out. Now, let's get into this episode of Life Sucks Right Now. There are times in life where you just look at it and you like, man, everything seems to be going wrong. Something happens bad and something else on top of that happens bad. And it's just like, man, I I can't I can't get cut a break. And how many of us in those moments have become depressed We become really down. We have the blues. Maybe even think about taking our lives. What are we supposed to do in those times? And in this episode today, we're going to look at it, look at the fact of what do we do when life sucks? And there are times that life absolutely does suck and there are horrible stretches. So the world usually tells us and what a lot of people say when life sucks, we say, you know what, just try harder. But you like I am trying It's not necessarily working, and I definitely don't feel like it's working. Life also sometimes says, well, do whatever you can to take away the pain or to numb the pain. So if that means get the bottle and drink, do that. Smoke a little bit. Take some drugs. Do something to numb the pain. Turn to sex. Eat a lot. Do whatever it takes to get rid of that pain and get some instant gratification, get some instant pleasure in, in that moment. Um, it tells us at times to just run away from the problem. Sometimes we want to answer the problem by getting all by ourselves and turn into a screen. Rather, it's our phone or the TV. But what should we really be doing when life sucks? Now, besides the obvious fact of life sucks because we do stupid things, there are times where we don't necessarily do anything. We don't do anything wrong, which warrants that that life sucking at that moment. And what what I mean by that is I want to look at Joseph as an example. Joseph had an environment where we were all, where he was infected with sin. And what, what I mean by that is if you look at Joseph's environment, it wasn't necessarily that he did something wrong or this was a consequence of his sin, but it was a consequence possibly uh, of his father's sin. And what I mean by that is if you know anything about Joseph, Joseph was his father's favorite son. So his father never healed from the trauma that he had because his mom and dad picked and chose and had favorites too. And he happened to do the exact same thing. So because of Joseph's environment and sometimes because of our environment, life absolutely sucks. Life sucks. And because Joseph was the favorite, what did that cause that caused his brothers to hate him? That caused his brothers to, to be jealous of him that caused his brothers, his own family to sell him into slavery. Sell him into slavery. They really wanted to kill him. But they was like, no, let's not do that. Let's just let's just sell him into slavery. Like how crazy does that sound? And that wasn't necessarily a consequence of something that Joseph did wrong. That was something because of the fact that there is sin and the environments that we are in at times happen to suck. They do. But what we can learn from Joseph are, are a couple of things. One thing is you have to allow God to shape us up. And make us into what he wants to be. And a lot of times that takes time and that will take some obstacles that will take some challenges. And what we also can learn from Joseph is Joseph still forgave and he didn't blame his circumstances or his situation. He just kept doing what he was supposed to do and pleasing and honoring God. Now, the second one that I want to look at is what I would call the Job effect. And if you know anything about Job, read the book of Job. It's a fascinating read. Job's situation in life sucked because, not because he did anything wrong necessarily, it was because it was a test and it was a trial. And the Lord was like, hey, Satan, you you ever thought about uh, getting at my my man, Job? And Satan was like, whoo, I can get this. The only reason he really believes, the only reason he really loves and serves is because you gave him everything. Dude is filthy rich, beautiful family, beautiful property. I bet you if you take all that away, though, he's going to curse you. So sometimes life sucks because it's a test or it's a trial. It's something in in that to make us to make us better. Now, what we see about with Job that that's awesome is when Job had life sucking, he talked about it. He prayed about it. He even had some friends come and say, dog, you must have did something wrong. Just just tell us what you did. You did something wrong. And Job like, man, I didn't do anything. Like, I've been serving, I've been honoring, I've been loving God. And his friend's like, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's cap. Like, I do not believe you. And despite this, he remained faithful to God. Now, something that's really a a big takeaway from Job is that Job was able to question God without sinning. There are times in our life where we question God, but we start sinning. Like I said, we start turning to sex or to drugs or to the bottle. And we start justifying our sin because like, well, I might as well do this because God isn't blessing me in a way that I want to be blessed. And I got this trial or temptation or this this uh, test because whatever. And in those moments, you have to sometimes just realize when you got poop on you, you got to sit in the poop and let the rain wash it away. You can't try to take matters into your own hand. And I, I take that analogy and say sometimes people are sitting in poop, but you know what they try to wash it off with? They try to wash it off with pig dirty water. That's nasty too. Sometimes you just have to let the natural effect of the rain to wash away the poop. What we see with Job is this is not one of those situations where he wants to take matters into his own hands. And what I mean by that is there was a time where Job was like, dude, I honestly rather be dead. I rather be dead. But he didn't all of a sudden start physically harming himself or trying to commit suicide. He sat in that mess. He sat in that mess and just kept praying. He kept talking about it. He kept saying, God, please help me. God, tell me what it is that you want me to do. He kept that communication with God. Now, what do we do or what should we do when life sucks? We should pray. We should absolutely pray. But let me tell you this. There will be times, especially when life sucks, where we feel like we're praying and like God is not answering our prayer at all. Like We like, does God hear me? Did God abandon me? Like, where is he at? And we feel like praying doesn't do anything. But one, talking out loud is is a beautiful thing, and it keeps the line of communication with God. And something else we got to realize that when we pray, a lot of times I know when I pray, I say, Lord, take this pain away. Take this obstacle away from my life. Take this challenge away from me. When really we should be praying, God, give me the right mindset. God, change my perspective. God, continue to shape me and build me up in the way that you want me to do. We pray for pain to be gone. In reality, we should be praying for strength to get through and wisdom on what he wants us to learn from that trial or that, that test. But a lot of times we just say, Lord, Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Romans chapter five, verse three and four reminds us this. It says we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. But a lot of times we're not trying to develop endurance. We're trying to get out of that situation. It says an endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So when we pray to God, we want to get out of the situation. A lot of times we probably should be praying for a new mindset, new perspective, new endurance, a new outlook, a new outlet. And what we see with like a, a Joseph or we see with a, a Job is they remained faithful and obedient even when they didn't understand what was going on. I'm going to say that again. They remained faithful and obedient even when they didn't know what was going on. And sometimes what we do is we take that step that we shouldn't take and we walk outside of God's path when life sucks. And I just want you to think about it like this. We end up cheating ourselves out of blessings because we end up sinning and doing things of the world. So think about this. When Joseph was accused of rape, let's say, rewind a little bit back. When Potiphar's wife came at Joseph and said, ooh, take me to bed. You could do whatever you want with me. Let's say Joseph really would have took Potiphar's wife down and had sex with her. I can almost guarantee he would have cheated himself out of some of his blessings. He might have had a situation where he had a baby with this woman and all of a sudden his son or his daughter is is going to be tension with them. Or the fact that maybe Joseph wouldn't have became second in command in Egypt. Maybe he would have saved everyone, but he wouldn't have got that blessing or that reward of having the power and the fame that he got. You just never know at times when we step out of God's will, when we step out of line with with God's grace, what we're cheating ourselves out of, because there are consequences to sin. Now, when we look at the fact of what is the purpose of, of, of the Bible and how do we get Out of these situations when life sucks. So, we just talked about praying. Another huge thing that we want to do is find other godly people. Find other godly people. Because the purpose of finding other godly people, especially people that have been through some things in life, they will encourage you and they will remind you, like, this is just a season. This is just a a, a test. This is just a trial right now. Don't give into it. And once you can see their scars and realize, like, man, they've been able to heal from this, or sometimes they've come out even better and stronger. You start to get the hope like, all right, I can do the same thing. I can do the same thing and God can, can strengthen me in the same way. And another thing we have to do is stay in the word. Stay here in sermons. Stay hearing in those positive messages. And it's like, why? Romans 8 verse 6 and 7 tells us this. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile To God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And that's why it's so important to hear the right message. I think a lot of times when we get down and and life absolutely sucks, we turn to messages that go against God's word. And I think music is a big thing that a lot of us turn to 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 get through our, our pain. But I'm just thinking about certain songs like Lil Uzi, I Don't Really Care If You Die, talking about suicide. Turn to something else though with a, a different message. Like I was listening to a, a gospel Christian rap song, Tory deshaun Like that was a way different message, but he still was talking about a hard time compared to Lil Uzi, who was talking about another hard time. But he was talking about go ahead and die, pop a couple pills, numb the pain, that type of way. Those are conflicting messages, but sometimes we use music to try to get through those. So that's the importance of of hearing the right message, because some messages just gonna make you more down and make you turn to the wrong things. Now, like I said, the Bible. The Bible is a great reminder and a great truth teller that we need to go to when life is sucking. And here's why. Romans 3, verse 23 and 24. We get reminded that despite anything in life that happens, we deserve hell. And Romans 3, verse 23 says this for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But it doesn't stop there. It tells us and all are justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So no matter what is going on in our life, no matter how bad life is sucking, you are a child of God. And at the end of the day, you have salvation. You have been redeemed and bought back by Christ Jesus. So no matter what, even if somebody takes away your car, they take away your house, they take away your family. They can't take away your salvation. And this world is just temporary. Eternal life is so much longer. So, 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 so much longer. Like, it's one of those things where you really can't put it into words. But just think about that. It's like comparing a second to 10 billion years. We don't necessarily think about it like that. But that's comparing this world to eternal life. It's, it's, it's really hard to compare and put into words. Um, the Bible reminds us that there were other people who had horrible times or bad stretches, but they were able to get through it. So an example would be like Ruth and Naomi who who lost their families. And these were women in a time where they needed a man and they were having it rough. But God still delivered. God still came through. Or like we mentioned with with Joseph, really bad uh, stretch of being falsely accused, thrown into prison. But God delivered him or Job, which is just a great and fascinating read of having everything, losing it and then getting it back. There are so many instances in the Bible where we see people have horrible stretches, bad times. But God gets them through it. God uses it for the glory of his kingdom. God even blesses them through those situations. It reminds us that God is a deliverer. That's what God does. He is a deliverer. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 tells us too: trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And what will he do? He will make your path straight. When life is sucking, the path seems like a windy, crazy, jagged road where you're like, man, should I go this way or should I go that way? When you trust in God, he's going to make your path straight. And the Bible consistently reminds us of the fact that he does this. This is God's MO, that he's going to make our path straight and we don't have to lean on our own understanding. That's his MO. This is what he does. It reminds us that God loves us, even when we don't necessarily feel like it. Because I know when life is sucking at times, you like, like, does God hear me? Does God care about me? Does he truly love me? And when you get in the word, it just reminds you consistently that, of course, he loves you. Of course, he's there for you. Of course, you, did you forget that he died for you, that he sent his one and only son to pay a debt that you never, ever, ever, ever could pay? And that's something that we constantly need to hear like, dang, he really does love me, even though I don't feel like he necessarily hears my prayer or, or cares, cares in that moment. Because feelings are facts and the Bible is going to give you the facts that you need. So something else that the Bible does is it reminds us that we have the wrong mindset when we face hardships and obstacles. And that passage from Romans chapter five, verse three and four, that's what it was reminding us like, dude, these hardships and obstacles can build endurance and can build us up to be who God wants us to be, a better version of ourselves, higher character, closer to him, more focused on him. It also reminds us in the Bible that no matter what, e- even the times when we feel like God doesn't hear us, God definitely hears us. He hears our grumbles. He feels for our pain. He's there. He is still there, despite the fact that we don't necessarily feel like he is there. And it really reminds us. And this is one thing that we always need to know. It reminds us that God is working, even though we don't feel like he is working like behind the scenes. God is making it work. He's definitely making it work. Philippians one, verse six reminds us. It says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ It's telling us like, man, once God starts something, he's going to finish it. He will finish it. Trust it. Trust in this. And this is the reason why it's so important to get into the word, to hear sermons, to hear the right messages, because we have to be reminded, especially when life sucks, what is truth and not get absorbed by, by our feelings. Now, if you are not down, I just want to remind you and you you happen to come across somebody who is down. Don't be like the friends of Job who were just falsely accusing Job and saying you must have did something wrong. Now, of course, you want to speak truth with love. If you see one of your friends doing some crazy things and you understand looking like, well, the reason that you're suffering right now is because you didn't pay that bill. And this is a consequence of that mistake. You can go ahead and keep it a buck with them. But when you don't know, you don't have to falsely accuse or you don't have to assume and accuse them of something. You can just remind them of the fact that God loves them. You can remind them that the grace of God, you can remind them that we have all been through hard times. And sometimes, you know what you can do? Just listen, just listen and say, you know what? God is still there. God is still love you. You don't have to give a bunch of answers. Just let them know that God's grace is unlimited. And this is just a time that will pass. It is a time that will definitely pass. And you have to just remind them, more importantly, of God's track record. What is God about? God is about delivering. God is about strengthening us. God is about being there to make sure that we turn to him. And sometimes he just wants our attention. He wants our love. And that's just something to remind people of. Remind them of God's track record. And in conclusion, I just want to remind you in this episode of Life Sucks Right Now. When life is sucking, you better believe that there will be some lies from Satan saying, God really doesn't love you. God doesn't care. Is God even there? Are you sure there's a God? Because if there really was a God, he wouldn't let you go through this. When we see in reality that God does allow us to go to this, go, go through these things for, for different reasons. You can't give in to those lies of Satan. And something else that you have to realize when when life sucks, you don't necessarily feel like being obedient or following God's way. You don't have to feel it in order to be obedient and do it. We don't have to be feeling driven. We have to be uh, driven by the fact that we're trusting in him to make our path straight and do things the right way. So remaining faithful, even when we don't necessarily feel like being faithful is key. And the big thing is we have to keep looking at the facts. We have to keep looking at the facts that our God is awesome. God loves us even when things are going bad in our lives. And God loves us when things are going great in our life. God is love. And this is what he does. And to wrap this up. We got to look at a key fact, a key fact. We got to look at facts and not just feelings. And it comes from Romans 8, verse 35. I'm going to use that to, to wrap this up. It asks a great question. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Think about that. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? What's the answer to that? No, nothing can separate us from Christ's love. It goes on to say in verse 36, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. So even when life sucks, understand and trust in the fact that Christ loves us and he has proved this. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Life Sucks Right Now. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the five star, leave a review, leave some comments on YouTube. I try to answer them. And yeah, if especially when, when life sucks, turning to God's word and turning to the correct content is key because the world has so many different things in so many ways it's trying to pull us away from God and pull us away from the truth. But we know that the truth is that God loves us despite how we might feel, despite how, how, what trials or tribulations we're facing in life. Peace, punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.